Gamers unite. <laughs> I'm Noah Jensen. I'm Eliza Jensen. I'm Mick Jensen. And this is Twin Picks. Rise up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so inspiring. I love movies. Welcome to Twin Picks, the show where a pair of actual, real-life, human twins and me. make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of similarity and decide which one does its job better. As as I just stated, I'm here, Eliza's here, and it's quite miraculous that Meg's here because wow. we have Guess a little who's story. Back, back again. Yeah, truly. Shady's back. Shady's back. back. She That's made her feelings about last week's movies uh, in, you know, very known, as you yeah. heard. And, uh, you know, we love, no matter what, we're going to get the show out. We're, we're always no going to push it out, no matter yeah. what, against the odds. So This show is my ride or die. Yeah, Meg had a wow. big week, but you know what? She was yeah, not going to go I another week without being this. in this episode. I started two and a half hour exam today. Oh, my God. And I did it for you guys. No, I didn't. So, just me. I did it for myself. So what did, what did you do? After my exam, I went and I saw one of our little movies. So Meg um, has just So I have walked. huge thoughts on Angry Birds 2 for us today. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's not good. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I promise. <laughs> I saw one of the movies back. <laughs> Great. You did, yes. Um, but before we get into talking about those two films, we've had... Just a wonderful response to, you know, we're a couple episodes in now, mm. a couple of old timers, and, uh, yeah, we've had wonderful responses from yeah, people. Yeah, thanks to anyone that's written the iTunes reviews. Yeah, They're really so nice. Helpful. And it really means a lot to it's us. So All cool. five stars, baby. Yeah, and I always run into people that, like, you know, I either used to be really, like, we were very close as children or something, or, like, they're like a teacher at uni even listens oh to the show. Wow. Crazy things like that. And it's very sweet. We have to one know Irish listener. We have an Irish listener. Guys, news to me, we were charting number four in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. I know. Pretty they hectic. told me that just before. I didn't know. <sighs> well, Megan, some of us are really invested in the stats, the nitty gritty, the groundwork. on the ground. Pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your ivory tower. One <laughs> listen <laughs> for. One prayer. Yeah, okay. I was going to go darker than that. I'm glad cool. you cut in. Right. Yeah, for a lung or something. No, it's going well. I really am so like proud of the response we've had. Yeah, so exactly. But that being said, um, we thought we'd give a shout out to our our family. Uh, we love who, you guys. The only hate you. mail we've got. We, just, we get told a lot that uh, the profanity is a lot <laughs> for some of our watch out profanity for some of our older demographic. Oh my so God. Oh. sorry. Wait, who should? Oh, they're old. <laughs> sorry. You're just alienating them all. No, it's the fine. Should we name and shame? Okay, do we say no, sorry to them? I don't want to offend them. But we. Them I feel like though. I feel like it'll balance out the fact that we've been swearing. That they get referenced. In, in, they'll be like, oh, on the internet, someone said my name. Like, <laughs> this is so know? insulting, Noah. We are sorry that we swear so much, well, you not. guys. Oh, I am. It's, it's disgusting. It's what the cool kids do. Oh, <laughs> Noah's been shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think like, I didn't realise how much I swore, I guess. Like, re-listening to the episodes. Like, I, don't, I didn't 
swear that much, but trying to listen. Like Apparently you swear the most. That's what Auntie said. <laughs> Please return my calls. <laughs> yeah, like I had to really listen for it and look out for the word. I'd like to point out the Film. Though, uh, <laughs> uh, cinema. I'd like to point out. Fuck. Us. <laughs> I'd like to point out us. Us bringing this up is not us saying it's going to stop. Oh, Just an acknowledgement that I'm it is present. I'm saying I'll stop. Please buy me a nice Christmas present. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Secret Santa calling. <laughs> we should consider it. What if it is upsetting listeners? It's what podcast do you listen to where they don't swear? Yeah. I definitely listen to podcasts where they swear more than this one. Yeah, yeah of course. Frequently. Yeah. Especially film. Like there's so many film podcasts that are like neckbeards being yeah. like, Joker was so f-ing cool. So like, good for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are we doing next week, Joker and what other? Are we doing Joker and Taxi Driver? Oh, Mm. are we? Well, anyway, well, on that topic though, I think something that I'm excited about with today's episode is we've been talking about how we want to get some butts in them cinema seats. So a lot of the uh, episodes we've got scheduled, especially up until the end of the year, um, one of the movies is a movie that's currently in cinemas. Yeah, as is the case with today's episode, which I'm so excited about, which is Ready or Not. And Game Night. Two movies about game nights gone wrong. Oh, wow. This is going to get a bit Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. So, uh, yeah, as we said, Ready or Not is in cinemas currently. We all saw it in cinemas. We all saw it in cinemas. Minutes ago. (laughs) Make me a moment ago. Moments ago. Indeed. She's been sitting in that cushion seat. Your breath still stinks of popcorn. Disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Feelings genuinely. Why did you not mention that earlier? Disgusting. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I reckon we should dive in. We ready to talk? Yes. Go. Let's, do it. let's talk about that first about Twin Peaks. Ready or not, let's do it. Here I come. Ready or not is a 2019, literally right now, <laughs> um, American black comedy horror film uh, directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olfi and Tyler Gillett. Gillett. Uh, they, other than uh, a film Devil's Due that I haven't seen, mm. um, I've heard some good things about they have mostly done uh, work in horror anthology films like VHS and Southbound. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, and uh, the film follows a newlywed mm. uh, called Grace who becomes uh, hunted by her spouse's family as part of their wedding night, uh, game night ritual gone wrong. Um, so yeah, as stated, uh, before the film, I kind of looked into these guys and noticed that I'm a big horror anthology fan. Uh, the problem is with this podcast is because it's all of us, like my favorite genre is horror and it was up to me. We do one every week, but mm. I know that isn't feasible for some of us. So I'm so excited to be talking about this movie, but, um, and I love horror anthology specifically. Like I love a punchy, cool, horror short story and when I looked up the uh, horror anthologies that they'd contributed to the ones that they'd done were all like my least favorite really? segments in those which movies which one in VHS did they do in VHS they do a really forgettable like haunted mansion one uh, uh, at the end it's like the last one in that movie and it's really boring um which is why the second this movie starts and it is gorgeous like so gorgeous looking yeah you know it's one of those films that like we could talk about so many directions in this film, but I think mm. a great one to start with is it feels like it's that great thing of it's designed from the ground up to be a cult horror 
like staple, yeah. but it has the grounds to support it, which is not the case these days because everyone wants to make their cool, like cheeky yeah. horror film that's going to be iconic. They all want to be a Halloween costume. Yeah, and this mm. is film that exactly that, that earns that right. Mm. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, yeah, I think visually I was really impressed by this film. Um, I agree. I think um, certainly for me it's probably just because it's so fresh in my mind, but coming from the very last act, even just like the very last couple of scenes or shots, um, I'm feeling a little bit uh, sort of like rushed to the finish. Like I think that a bit too. Specifically the the sort of exploding. Oh, I I I, I think yeah. We're gonna say we have to spoil Part the ending of, me, of this film because it's yeah. what it's really makes this film. It's pretty integral to your film. pleasure integral, yeah. whether you're gonna um, enjoy this movie or not. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some weird. I, I definitely think that the only real thing for me with the film, like problem wise, is I think there's a pacing thing in the last like 45 minutes around. Uh, do we do we need to explain more? Essentially, just about I think the, just the basic plot. Do you want to? Yeah, through? just the basic plot is essentially. Um, so Grace is, uh, you know, she's getting married to Alex and he's clearly like very isolated from his family. Now he really wants to stay away from them and they are extremely wealthy. Uh, they uh, made their fortune by like the, the like a board game empire. Dynasty. Dynasty. Mm. And there's a weird tradition where on a wedding, on uh, like the night where a new member of the family is being welcomed, uh the new member has to kind of there's this box and you press the button on it and you get a card and on the card it says a game you have to play and um and you just don't want to pick the one there's card, one card which that happens says to be the card that she hide picks. and seek so if you get old maid you just play old maid if you get chess you just play chess and if you get hide and seek uh you are essentially hunted uh, until by the dawn whole, by the family <laughs> and the whole point is that because the family before they entered into this like sort of dynasty of um, board game, you know, wealth or whatever, the patriarch sort of made a deal with the pseudo devil to, and that this is sort of the sacrifice they made that if someone drew this card of this like deck of cards for this game, then that person would be hunted and would be like a sacrifice mm. for the family's yeah. sake, for its wealth and good fortune and yeah. everything. So, um, so in the end, in the final act, it's sort of, just so happens that she's um, – is it Samara Weaving? Samara, Samara, Weaving, Samara yeah. Weaving's character makes it out alive, Grace, and uh, the curse is realised. And this film that is shot so beautifully and well and as someone who personally doesn't take to horror especially, um, you know, a film that stands alone in this – or not alone but stands, um, you know, apart from other horror films because it is so visually interesting, it, it kind of – Caves in on itself with that last. It's, what? It's, it feels gaudy. Like they didn't even explode. The one like thing that. that everybody loves about this film is this, it's funny. This, like no, I, no, no. This what is, is that to me? There's a sense that this film does exactly in that vein of like why this film do, like justifies itself as a cult film is I my big worry when I heard about this film and heard all the raves about it was I was like. Oh, really? Another one of these films where it's we, just we a play a game? Mm, or yeah. even just that thing of like the purge Truth or kinda, Dare. Yeah. Like Truth mm-hmm. or Dare, The Escape Purge, room. Escape Room. Um, Countdown, uh, another one. which um, I saw a month ago. <laughs> Countdown, um, the one, uh, uh, game Would You death. Rather? Yeah. Would You Rather? Movies. Like all that. I was like, it's another one of those. The thing that makes this film so special is that element of the curse. So the whole movie, there's this element of the family, being of her being like, how do you know that? You're yeah. going to die in the morning. And they're all like, we, we just know it's going to happen. We know yeah. it. And then the whole movie, it's this thing of like, 
Is it real? Is it not? And then there's but no, that, explosive but that's not what finale, I'm talking about. I'm but the not, explosive finale roots it. But in I'm not it. talking it's about so that. Memorable. I'm talking about the literal depiction of the explosion. I didn't like that's how that what, was done. What would you? Would you prefer them to like grab their heart and collapse to the and floor? Not, I don't know. But that not that. It erupted. Was so, erupted. It was like exactly, I just wasn't taken. I thought it was. I thought it was stupid. It reminded me of like in Evil a film Dead, that I thought it wasn't film. too stupid. Like in moments where you know it has its funny bits and that's what it wants to be in like it's dark comedy like black humor kind of way but that wasn't black humor that was just stupid didn't you find it cathartic like yeah Mm. this has to stop they would have been doing this to people for like hundreds of more generations like yes on the one hand but why did they getting it but i don't like how they they got it them just like exploding into thin air i'm like you know what i didn't like i'm on the opposite tag because i love the explosions and i didn't like that the kids exploded off camera (laughs) (laughs) i wish that they'd been brave enough to keep them in the room like the kids got ushered out and then died i was was saying as i was about an hour into the film i had that thing of like for me, there's a moment with these films because like my, I'm always looking out for whatever the big horror hit of the year is. And about an hour into this one, I'm like, if this film had one more thing to it, it would be one that I watch every year. If it had one more thing, then I would talk that about this movie for sparkly, years. Like that made it sparkly. Element. And I truly was like, I'm not going to get it, but I've loved this movie. And then I got it with that ending. <laughs> I love that. We should move on from the ending and talk about I... We need to talk about Samara Weaving. Oh, God. Okay, could you tell she's Hugo Weaving's niece? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Meg. <laughs> like, she has the same eyes. eyes. It's so weird because they she sort she of looks has like, like May. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, like, in a good way. She's May's like our dog. beautiful, <laughs> adult woman, May. Mm. Uh, yeah, with these sort it's, of, Yeah, like, Hugo Weaving has these bulgy eyes as well. But she boldless. is, like, really... I, know, I don't boldless. like talking about actresses' attractiveness yeah, no. too much, but, like... Yeah, she's she, gorgeous and like really magnetic to watch. Punch. Well, she's incredible. She's in isn't it? Yeah, she is. Well, the other big that one is Sean like Stan. the babysitter and stuff. And as yeah, well. that movie. Yeah. I loved her in this. My, I thought yeah. the only thing I would say is I think it's a little bit obvious for not this isn't Samara Weaving. This is I thought it was obvious for them to have made her like a foster child. I'm kind of like been there, done that. Again, like, I, that's I, why she's a heavy possible, hitter and a survivor. Another mm. possible twin pick we could have done with this was this your and your next. Your next is a film where. Again, the person I saw this with, like I was saying the whole, t- like afterwards, I was saying I was waiting for this whole thing about like that because she was a foster child. Mm. Um, She's strong. That meant that like mm. she did this, like one of her foster parents at some point was like some um, apocalypse prepper and like taught her how to be like badass and stuff. And it never goes down that route. It's always just like she, she never like absolutely fucks up some dude with like awesome fight. She's she always scared, she's the whole stumbled, time. scared the whole time. She stumbles through every kill. She always just gets there mm. and you believe it. And I think that the it's one of those films where I'm like, you being a foster child completely contributes to this film because I think the best yes, arc in this film, no, the best arc in this film is hers and Alex's. I think oh, I like I'd love arc. to talk about Alex's No, set. Daniel's. Daniel's is amazing. Yeah, that's what I mean. The brothers, that it's so interesting, that whole uh, sense. Um, before we move on to the brothers, I, I'm interested about um Dars talks a lot about how much she hates the leading female performance in Drag Me to no, Hell I and really what like. a wonderful comparison it is to this film because both of which on the page are with slight deviations nice girl faced with a shitty circumstance mm. and uh in Drag Me to Hell that's pretty much what you get in this film she is the most alive person, the most belit- like I yeah. in her opening scenes where it's like her wedding night. I'm like, I 
can see what you'd be like at a party. I bet I know what you're like when you're really upset. Like the way that she reacts to the most simple lines has such humanity to them. She's so charming and it just makes her like the most full character in a way that most of these, again, most of these like cult horror films have the thing where it's like, the leading female is the badass, yeah, unstoppable killing machine thing. But what makes her iconic is just that you believe. She's so her. reactive really for her. She's really likable. I totally mm. agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would say Samara Weaving's performance and is it Adam Brody? Is his name? Yeah, his performance too. Adam Brody plays cool. um, Alex, who is like the fiance. Alex, kind of is, the black sheep of the family. Yeah, he's kind of like the brother black sheep, um, and he is yeah a likable characterization in a yeah and it has the terrific element for me of like wonderful um like not really outlandish outlandishly so but the way it comments on the way that we write those kind of like sweet innocent guy characters in horror movies and i couldn't get over the fact that so the whole movie there's this thing that like we're supposed to a like the movie pretends as though it's like apologizing for this guy who essentially, so he doesn't warn her that she might draw. Alex, the fiance. Mm. Alex, the fiance yeah. doesn't warn her that she might draw the card. He's just that like. That will mean his whole family mean his is whole going, family to is going to hunt her to down. Death. And then the whole movie, it's him being like, I would never, I would never like help you kill her. I'll never do it. And essentially the mum being like, well, like, you know that I know you better than anyone. And the whole and like, like do rich it. patriarchal thing. And then at the end of the movie, he caves he caves mm-hmm. uh into uh that, that family tradition mm. in a way and then it paints him as this little weasel boy and it's pr- like terrific because it plays on the thing that we do in horror movies where like guys it's almost that sense of like guys like that you know are painted as like they have all their like weird insecurities and walls up so like it's not their fault like the poor little boy but like, and it's like fuck you why should guys not have to work on themselves and like <laughs> know that that's fucked up like i love that it goes you sympathise with him because mm. that's what we do with dudes like this. Yeah. You shouldn't. He's a soft boy but dickhead and he deserves to die. When it comes and he gets to, a yeah. grim, grisly death. When it comes down to should his family continue being evil or like should he end it all just for the sake of being a good person, like it means that he won't have a relationship with this girl who he's loved or whatever. He's like, oh, screw that. Like he was only mm. in it to protect her and save her. And yeah. when she's like, that's off the table because you're a psychopath and your whole family are and it's like just about saving Satanists. her life. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, then there's nothing in it for me. Hey, I'm a rich white guy. Like I'll protect my family. Yeah. I'll protect my yeah. money. Yeah. Like yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that. I really and it just like hates that. rich white people. I love yeah. it. I think. Did you like the horror? Uh, yeah. I don't know if I was that scared. I think I was more tense and excited. Like, yeah, I'm just not yeah. taking un- the goat pit bit. Maybe yeah, squick. goat pit. I was like, it was terrific. And the, hand, the gore um, of the her, hand. the arm. Yeah, um, she's oh, her hand smashing on the nail. Gorgeous. She, mm. I think the filmmakers knew that they had a pretty iconic performance in Samara Weaving. Like, yeah, the bit, she, she gets her own it. Evil Dead groovy moment mm. yeah, where I was she's in front say, of that mirror, as you mentioned, yeah. and it pans up. I was pissed off though because they the gave her like a shotgun, and then. Like, it's so funny, like, the pun of, like, a shotgun wedding. Yeah. And the shotgun doesn't work. I was yeah. like, I love on. it. No, again, I love it because it goes, yeah. like, oh, now she's going to be this big badass. And it of course work. she isn't. She's just, uh, yeah. she doesn't know what she's doing like anyone else in that situation. I thought it was clever as well that, like, it's only in the last, like, half hour or something that any of the family dies. Like, it's all the help up until yeah. then, which is, like, yeah. realistic. Like and how, like, family, disposable they are. They would send their nannies and, yeah. like, butler out to do all the yeah. hard work. Mm, I yeah. think I would say, yeah, my sticking points with this movie... It's fresh in my mind, so I probably haven't mulled it over enough. But 
yeah the horror itself i'm just not i just don't think i'm that scared by this kind of horror mm-hmm. um it needs to be something a little bit more sinister i find it exciting though it's exciting yeah it's exciting it like makes this. me nervous but i'm not scared yeah. and like cabin in the woods and it follows yeah. where it's like the evil has like terms and conditions and yeah, you're gonna spend yeah. the whole movie like figuring it, them out yeah like, you exist fun. this story exists within the very like tight constraints of this yeah. really really specific specific (laughs) and that's interesting but yeah that and its sense of pace i struggled with a little bit it was it was quick i I think there's just a little bit of the i think there's a little bit of the struggle like with the weird like when they catch her with the ritual stuff like that's all just like quite short and abrupt but other than that i think the ritual could have been longer we didn't need as much of what we got i didn't feel like they relished it that much the crazy like satanism satanism was like barely it was like a non-event for me and i think naturally with the genre you're gonna have you're gonna struggle with pace just because you have to very quickly set up a premise to get to the gore and action that's getting like butts in seats and to have that conclusion that's so hard to get to um maybe it's just that that made it made the explosion stupid to me because it's so abrupt or something i I, I just go i think i didn't this didn't rule it out for me it wasn't like just wasn't your bag it wasn't too consequential in the film for me to be like ew like didn't like that but it was just like oh why'd they do that you know it's just so to me it's so i think it's such a fine line to try to create something that's going to be like culty and fun Mm. and at the same time not fall like but then not just fall into the trap of being like oh but we're making something that's fun and mm, dumb yeah. like to me this film really easily could have just been like we hunt the family yeah and yeah. that i mean, I mean that the family we hunts her that's yeah. all it could have been and it isn't that it's and that's what makes that it true. something that i'll watch every Again. year mm. whoa every year yeah. <laughs> I, I could think rate, whole, did you think there are a few too many scenes of like the family congregating in one room and, and being like, talking about we where have to find she? her, blah, blah, blah. You kind of lose sight of her for the last yeah. – uh, one of the pacing things is you really don't spend much time with her until the – Her story is very ending. linear. And yeah. the family is, like, really – I was about to say effing around, and I didn't uh, for my family. They're really dicking around. <laughs> um, and, like, taking their time, which is, like, what rich people would do realistically. But I didn't find it as fun to watch as – like the start of the movie was when they were setting yeah. out. Like they spent a lot more time like chatting in rooms and drinking yeah. than I thought I know, they like, would. Yeah. And what is this, what utility? Does I don't know. Like? I find yeah. the people that we're spending that time with so fun. I think Ooh. their different dynamics are so yeah. fun, so I don't mind. This was like really good use of Andy McDowell. Like they found oh, a role yeah. that makes her really believable. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, she was great. Yeah. And normally I feel like the only context I hear about her in is people saying she's the worst actress of all time. Yeah, because they hated of, her in. Um, um, what's the line? Um, is it raining? I hadn't noticed. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in forward. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> in forward. weddings <laughs> and a funeral. It's like she's literally just trying to get out of but it. But in this, I think because she's playing like a rich socialite lady whose only job is to present well and be a psychopath on the inside. I thought it was really <laughs> good casting. She plays it well. She was great. Yeah, because yeah. she kind of seems like that in You were like, I know her from the Revlon How ads. could you she's turn crazy. <laughs> Hugh Grant, like that girl's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Interesting. Well, well. Lots of thoughts there. I've just burped into the microphone. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, we can maybe cut that I out. I was not anyway. ready for that. <laughs> ready or God. not. God. Okay. <laughs> Let's get on to our second pick. Mm. 
Game Night is a 2018 uh, black comedy. Again, it's kind of a black comedy, not as much horror in this one, though. More of like a thriller kind of take this time. Uh, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, the directors of the, I think, very underrated Vacation remake. Mm. Uh, and it follows a group of friends whose Game Night turns into a real-life mystery full of crazy twists and turns. And this is one of those movies where I go, we've had a horror film, a style, a genre that I always lean towards. And comedy is one that I'm like, honestly, that's the one where I feel the weight of like, what's the point of watching this if I'm not really like, like the thing that people have with a horror movie where they're like, what's the point of watching a horror movie if I'm not going to like scream and be <laughs> really scared? That's me with comedy is from like, what's the point of watching a comedy if I'm not going to find yeah. it really hilarious? This is one of the movies in the past five years that I find it very easy to recommend because I think it's hilarious. Mm. I yeah. think this movie is exactly what you think it's going to be at the outset. I think it's better than expected. Like I remember I when it's it very better came than expected. Out. That's the whole thing. People thought it would be an uh, airplane movie. I kind of still think it's a plane movie a yeah. little bit, but a good plane movie. Like where you watch it and you're like, I'm so tired. I can't be bothered watching something important. And then you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is yeah. very nicely directed. Like yeah. the it was style, a sleeper hit. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, it got, and like it got noms, which like obviously no, it's the classic, like people thought it would be a Jason Bateman plane movie, like identity mm, theft yeah. or one of those things. And then you watch it and it's got this like gorgeous sense of like direction and it's a really tight story. Like logistically the way the whole plot moves forward makes loads of sense. And it's got so many MVP performances. Yeah, I was like, do I pick Jesse you, Plemons? Yeah. Do I pick Rachel McAdams? Do I pick what's his name? Guy that's Billy Magnuson. Magnuson. I think they're mm. the top three. They're the top three. Everyone's <laughs> good, but they're like the standout ones. Terrific. Well, we so start with good. Jesse Plemons. Let's start with Jesse Plemons. It's his star movie. He's so <laughs> like, funny. This Cormac McCarthy character in some random comedy <laughs> movie. He's so good. Someone was going to do it for our um. Someone I brought in the script because I love this scene so much. <laughs> some for, weirdo was going to do some weird loser <laughs> for um for our showcase for the end of year. The scene where he's at the um the mailbox. Um, being like, oh yeah, he's like Tostitos, like three bags of Tostitos, <laughs> just chips. two people. <laughs> he's like, I like to check the mail later in the day in order to avoid a futile trip to the mailbox. So I love good. when you see his wedding photos and he's like really stern looking, <laughs> like while his wife is like scraping cake on his face, he's like glaring at the ground. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, he's great. I just yeah, I think yeah, I get. I, it's weird with a comedy. What do you say? I I think it's. A surprisingly funny movie. I didn't expect to enjoy it so much. It takes, with a comedy movie, like, because they're made for such a broad audience and they have to appeal to the lowest common denominator, it takes, like, weird, unexpected stuff like that to make comedy good, like, casting this weird, like, role that Philip Seymour Hoffman might have played, like, 15 yeah. years ago. Oh, you have ago. a theory about this. Yeah. I think, like, what? okay, the same way that a lot of people say Emma Stone is taking roles that Lindsay Lohan would have if she hadn't gone off the rails. Jesse I think Plemons. Jesse Plemons will start taking roles that were meant for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Do you think that's just because they look kind of similar? Yeah. yeah. Like they're like <laughs> yes. really, really blonde. Steve, very, very blonde. Yeah, I can chonky see it boys. though. Like he's, he mean like Fargo and that. Yeah. He really and like he can play different levels of psychopath really well. Yeah, yeah that's totally. true. And he's good in a supporting he like yeah. wins in a supporting. Is it my favorite Black Mirror episode? USS yeah. Callister, the Star Trek one. Oh, yeah. I love that no, one. I remember the one. That's a bot. With that girl with the big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she does have big eyes. The mother oh, from, from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, that's, yeah. 
And I think, okay, Rachel McAdams as well. I love her. Yeah. She's one of the corniest she's... films ever. Like she's Yeah, I think yeah. she has a shitty agent. Yeah, I think she has a shitty oh, yeah. agent. Too. It's not one it's one of those films over like Leave right <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike Jesse Plemons where he really gets to do like a character and sink his teeth into it. This is a film that's just like great evidence of why Rachel McAdams is such like someone Should that you're in like everything. in every film I trust you're gonna like be so relatable and like open and like every movie I watch her in, I'm like, you look like you're having a blast. Like you yeah. look so in this. Yeah, uh, she and that's, really yeah. commits, they, and she commits yeah. to a role that isn't very generous to her. Like there's not. I think it, I think it, I think her and the husband. I think they're a cute dynamic, but like that's not her. That's like that's like not her character. Yeah, I think I kind of agree. She's really good at it. But I think in she's playing sense, a character that's kind of older than she is. Right, it's kind like, of playing against. Yeah. Like it's strongest moments. Do we buy Jason she... Bateman and Rachel McAdams? I think they make you believe it. Like, I, I just do. love so Jason Bateman. I, I want to believe him in anything that he does. Mm, me too. I think she's kind of like playing a character that would be his wife. Like comparing yeah. this to like Regina George. Yeah. They're like, who is Rachel? Like yeah. that she's tweet where good. it's like, um, Rachel McAdams could play like Tony Montana, but Al Pacino <laughs> couldn't play Regina George. Like, no, no, the better on. one is um, Amy, Amy Adams. Adams could do Godfather, but Al Pacino couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> Powerful. Um, She's great. Yeah, and who was the other one? Billy Magnuson. Yeah. Man, is that his name? Yeah. I'm so, he's so him. great. I love when they're listening to on the radio, there's some, or they're listening oh, to like an audio guy, recording yeah. with someone who has a voice disguise thing on. And he's like, oh my God, who is that? He sounds like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. He is so. No, I love when he's commentating in the fire club and he's like, boomerang shit. Yeah, he like gets into it. Oh, yeah, he's, he's so, I, I love him. I'm so excited for him in, um, no time to die. I keep thinking there's no oh, place yeah, for that yeah. next Bond He'll film. He'll be in it yeah, for like yeah. 10 minutes. Surely. And he's yeah. so such good a star. in Maniac. So good. I haven't seen Maniac, the the TV show, right? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would recommend it to anyone. It's like the best thing Netflix has done in a while. Well, going beyond awesome performances, another thing I love about this film, again, where I just think a lot of these films that try to do like, oh, our plot is about twists and turns and stuff. I think it always, like, it's never convoluted and annoying, but it still is convoluted enough that you buy into it. It, Like, the geography of it always makes sense to me. And I even think it relates well to the concept of a game night. I love that every mm, single challenge yeah. they face relates to like a game. Like even the when the bullet goes through, like when uh, like Rachel McAdams like actually accidentally shoots his arm, it's like operation. That. When they're Cute. throwing the Fabergé egg, it's like tag or something. Yeah. Like, and then even the way that they direct um, all the action scenes, like the car chases, mm. make it look like a video game. Like mm. they do that thing where the camera sits behind mm. the car. So when the car turns, it looks like you're like driving the car. Yeah. It just always feels, <laughs> which makes the stakes feel suited more to a game night than a life or death situation, which I yeah. like. Which is, it makes you're never it going, like, fun. Oh, you're never feeling. Exactly. Because you're never like, oh my God. Because in real, yeah. realistically, you'd be like, they should be crying. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? But or like, they should be like, oh my God, what is happening? But, but they're the always in it. Cute. Exactly. It's kind of the cute. Like, exactly. It's like, oh, cheeky, fun yeah. competition, which fun. makes it really work. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I think as well, just in terms of like, just plain, like average Joe's structure, it's just, it's, it's done well. Like it's we've tight. got that like type choreography in terms of it's like the Fabergé egg scene and the car chases, like you've said, like you've got that tense action and the mm. sort of, yeah, thrill of that without being like overly like high stakes, like you said. You've also got like the tensions and like even just speaking to like the tension between um, Brooks and Max, like the brother dynamic yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and the but pregnancy subplot that yeah, and Rachel it doesn't McAdams saturate and it with that. They want to have a kid. But they want to have a kid, yeah. So it does have that sort of like 
you know, relatability aspect too, but it's not mm. saturating it with that in a gaudy way. Like I'm yeah. impressed with this film. It is yeah. what it says it's going to be. Yeah. Like well, what it says another one that was just, have we turned, my thought with this one was like, this was one that we all, like us three watched last year and we're like, oh wow, what a fun surprise. So it was our second viewing. And for me, I was like, oh, this is diminishing returns. Yeah. And I go, is that quite attached to one of the reasons I like this movie and love its success is that it's a return to a kind of comedy that isn't very common these days. Like yeah, these days we surprise. see a lot these days we see a lot more of the like Adam McKay style of comedy of like mm. rando people screaming, like a bit improv y, more character based. Whereas this is like script. It's uh, script based and it feels know. like witty. But then I do go like I, I don't know, I get why they don't make them anymore. Yeah. I think that premise might have actually kept me away from it, that it's really plot driven. Cause yeah. I just feel like there have been a few too many comedies over the past like couple decades where the central joke is like these these people are like dumb yuppies like you, the audience, and they've been thrown into a crazy criminal situation like Keanu, the Keen Peel movie. 21 jump street kind of which is still really good mm. but the whole joke is like dumb people waving around guns and being like oh what do i do with this and like yeah. That's there'll true. be some jokes where they get shot yeah horrible bosses mm. yeah it's definitely that vein yeah mm. yeah but like but this does a bit better none of those movies exactly have it. this visual style yeah they don't yeah and even like i feel like well me as a viewer definitely i just feel a bit of fatigue with comedy in general just like the idea that it's so there are so many comedies coming out all the time and you're going to walk away from most of them being like, that was fun. And then you're going to forget about it in the car ride home. Like mm. this one, it was a fun, pleasant surprise. It did what it set out to do well. If this pops up on my recommended for you on Netflix, I'm watching it. Like, yeah, I yeah. had a good time with this movie. Mm. It's not trying to do much more than that. You're right. It's not trying to be the whole Adam McKay, like, oh, that's so clever, even though it is quite, you know, quick in its wit or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, I did really enjoy it. I, I don't have like really complex feelings on it because I don't think it wants me to. I think it's hard to talk it up too much. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a comedy. It's, average a good comedy. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. it's definitely the kind of film that I go like, you really have to watch it. It's so much fun. And then people go like, oh, like you talked Maybe it up too I'll much. And I'm like, it. I barely did. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I think there's just, yeah, it sounds like we're just really starved for decent comedy. Like yeah, movies that have a B plot, like the Denzel storyline in mm. this that, works and doesn't overstay its welcome yeah like i think if you had to put it down to three things it's that the pace like this movie doesn't languish in any jokes like Mm -hmm. Mm. like an extended cut of like dirty grandpa horrible bosses or whatever (laughs) casting like we said great ensemble Mm. and the david fincher aping yeah look of the movie like i remember being told like when the movie comes out people saying like you should see it it's a comedy directed like a david fincher movie and like sure i'll like yeah, yeah okay i'll watch that and it was yeah. good. Like, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I agree. That's the one. Yeah, great. So I think we'll move on to comparing the picks. Time for us to compare the picks. The part of the show where we put our two picks for this week uh, face-to-face and uh, we talk about which one does different things better, which one does things worse, and ultimately which one ultimately set achieves what it sets out to do better than the other one. Um, this week is kind of the perfect, like the best thing you want for your twin picks where you have different genre, mm-hmm. like very different goal, I guess. And uh, 
Yeah, that excites similar me. Subject how matter, though. Go, but mm. similar, similar subject matter. I think it's interesting what you were saying before about horror versus comedy because, like, it's been talked about a lot about how they have kind of similar aims. Like, they're both they're really so based together. in timing. Yep. Like, horror comedy they're is really successful. Well. Yeah, there's like a pace beyond, beyond the pace of a film, there's a pace to a joke and there's yeah. a pace to a scare. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think in that sense, I go, like, does Ready or Not, because Ready or Not's also very steeped and, like, I've, I get exhausted with how much uh, black comedy horror there is these days. Yeah. But this film, it does feel like it's more about being a horror film than that. Yeah. Um, I find it, I, th- I think it's trying to be, I think its aspirations are on, like, I, I go back to what you said at the start of the episode, Eliza, about, like, the that shot panning up of Samara Weaving wearing is so the like dress. that's going to be a Halloween costume next year. Like pe- people are going to dress as that. Like I think it wants to be a cult, fun horror film yeah. that yeah. shocks people yeah. and that we watch like for years to come. Mm. That I don't I don't think it's trying to be much scarier than it is necessarily. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like it's just it's quite a thrill ride. It's not that interested in grossing you out. No. Because, and you can tell because the scene where it does try and gross you out is quite isolated. Yeah. It's just like Sticks ew, out completely, yeah. dead bodies in this goat pit. Especially because it's due to its rating, kind of it feels like it can actually go as hard as it wants to. So it does feel a bit more restrained. Yeah. For that reason. Yeah. Again, why the ending like punches out to me in a way that, yeah, made you found a little bit gratuitous. Yeah. I think I just don't know that it needed it. But I don't know if that's just me like railing against the genre as a whole. Like no. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I just don't. I just don't if it had been anything it. supernatural, would you have been like annoyed? Like if they like melted or it was less. If they did it no. well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it's not that this is done badly and it's not as if I can come up with anything else that they could do. It's just that it took me out of it. And I don't want to be taken out of it, especially in films that are like either horror or comedy where the point is that you cannot be brought out of it because it throws off the timing of it. Like it throws off the timing if I'm taken out of this scene that's supposed to be like climactic and a scare. No, it was a bit stupid to me. Like not completely, but it was enough for me to be like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. See, for me, the barometer of like a comedy is so different. And that for me, as a big horror fan, always having people be like, oh, I thought I was scared of horror movies, but now I watch them and I realize they're not that scary. Whereas hmm. I go, no, for me, horror can be about atmosphere. It can be about dread. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about, ah, oh, I jumped. Hmm. For me, comedy is, did I laugh enough times that it's a good comedy? Yeah. Hmm. And the first time I watched Game Night, not, I did. And now, not as much anymore, failure. but it's still a great film. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I mean, we've already highlighted what's good about it. And I think that on first watch made me not see what is not great about it. Like there are jokes that kind of miss, like the jokes about Billy Magnuson's character's ex-girlfriends all being dumb and like stupid sluts or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this feels very like 2002. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. some of the jokes and like, I don't know, expository elements. I was like, yeah, this feels like a comedy that might've been written Mm -hmm. like a while ago and has been retooled for these actors Mm -hmm. to great success. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but then I also compare Ready or Not to like other movies I've loved that are about like, oh, like I was thinking of Don't Breathe, another movie about mm. a girl trapped in this weird situation trying to get out and like how the pace of that movie never flagged and was like always super, super on point. And I think Ready or Not has a bit of flab that I didn't need. I think, I mean, you guys really felt a bit of a pace drop there yeah. more than I did really. Just like when it cut to her, them 
trying to do the ritual. Mm. Like she's spread out on this pentagram. And it's just it's pretty base table. level. It's not doesn't yeah. really yeah. forge the new territory in the satanic thing. Yeah. yeah. The family don't seem to like they there's don't nothing change new their like mood there. or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, we're here already. Like yeah. it felt a bit abrupt. And this is a sacrifice. Like this yeah. is what's led to. I guess I even just enjoyed the image of rich people shouting "Hail Satan." It's such a like. I just think like what it says about class. The whole movie is so much fun to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting comparison to make with "Don't Breathe" as well. Actually, in that that movie also has a twist that feels controversial to people or like mm. something feel like goes against the uh, ethos of the film. Yeah, something that's like too gross for the rest of that's the movie. That's too gross for the rest of it, like really sticks out. Um, but that film is, I would have more Meg's reaction to it where I go like that one feels more shock value based. Whereas the end of Radio or Not for me, the big success of it is when the sun comes up and they're all standing there. Mm. That's already a comic beat of them all looking like Realizing, idiots. oh my God, like, did we kill people for, for generations? That's for already a great ending. Mm. And then they also die. And it, like, <laughs> it gets both of those endings. Like it actually, mm. it actually wins them both for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I just find that so fun. And I guess, yeah, for me in the end, it's going to be that thing of that, Meg, the way you view horror in that sense of that like you need so much more of the reaction of what like you – of like mm. a jump or whatever mm. – that I don't really need with horror. Mm. I that's the reason why I love that film as opposed to the reason why Game Night, as a film that I still recommend a year later, uh, that honestly I thought would reward return viewings more than it does. I I'd probably go. It just doesn't make me laugh every second like mm. the films. Like I remember, I always say I'm like I'm always waiting for my next Twenty One Jump Street in the mm. cinema yeah, experience. You said I remember that watching that as a kid and us yeah. like. I remember like swearing because mm. I was laughing so much and we were like a bit younger and, and like I just could not stop being like, oh my fucking God, this is so funny, mom and stuff. And her being like, Noah. <laughs> like I, it was just so Some things funny. never change. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, so I yeah. guess, is that your verdict then? Yeah, I think it is. Also, do you guys think, just a little thing, do you think that, I don't think the Denzel joke pays off. Oh, I really like it. I think it's a funny bit, but I think there's, Part, this is partly plagiarism because I watched this again with Das and she was like, the payoff should be that she brings up some celebrity or something and then the celebrity shows up as like one of the criminals or something. They're like, oh. put your hands up. Oh, hey. Oh, my God, it's you or something. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun too. Why would they be but a yeah. criminal? I don't know, man. Just all that like they ran into, like they accidentally crashed their car into them oh, or something. Okay. Or something yeah, that's like funny. That. And it like gets them out of the situation. It gets yeah. them out of the situation, moves on. Like that could have been fun too. I think it pays off. I think if they'd spent any more time on it in the movie, I'd Probably be annoyed not, and be like, come on. Yeah. Like I think it ended right when it should have. It is kind of weird not having the main ensemble there for like the last big fight at the airport though. Yeah, I, I also that like does it stopped being a game. Lots now. of comedies <laughs> have that thing. It's the same thing that happens with the other guys, where like because you have a comedy based in action thriller territory, your third act leans more towards action, action thriller and like, than oh, comedy, and you're like, I don't care anymore. Mm. Which is that whole Make bit on the plane at the end to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, know. it's ready or not for me. Wow, it's ready or not for me too. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is purely based in genre. I just yeah. had a better time watching um, Game Night, and I think I don't know. I I think there's something to be said for a comedy, especially in a climate of so many comedies, that just does what it. it it's it's got simple, you know, a si simple aspirations, aspirations, but I I think it accomplishes them and. I don't know, I'm impressed by this movie. Not that I'm not impressed by um, Ready or Not, because I am. Maybe I'm just too fresh off it too. 
Very you know? possibly. Yeah. It could be like the rosy hue of like hindsight <laughs> <laughs> watching. Wow. So yeah. Deep, I mean. To me. <laughs> <laughs> for game night. But I don't know. It's game night for me, but mm. that's, you know, mm. maybe I'm maybe I'm just a controversial character trying to spice things up in this room. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and that is the movie that did have Olivia the dog, a really beautiful, talented, fluffy dog. Fluffy. There were is no there dogs a dog in, in Ready, Ready or Not? No. I don't think so. It, oh, but what, imagine if the little dog had exploded. That would have been so <gasps> funny. What, how would it have been part of the family? Where was the dog? They would I have mean, like dogs... sent the dog after people and stuff. No, well, I don't a like part that. Of the family, Where was the dog in Ready or Not? There wasn't I was saying one. there wasn't one. Oh, there should have been there. I wouldn't want to. No, not worth it for seeing a dog explode. God, just sad. thinking about how much I enjoyed Ready or Not. I was like, Watch it again. I was jumping up and down in that theatre. Loved it. We'll be talking about it. We're going to maybe interesting time to hint that, you know, we might be talking about our favourite films of the year later on in a couple episodes time. Oh, closer God, it'll be in your like, top five, I reckon. And yeah, uh, you, 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 you bet it. your bottom dollar I'll be talking about Ready or Not again. Bet your bottom See, talk about them. dollar. Wow. <laughs> Ready, Ready or, or Not, not. will be among my favourite films <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so big old congrats to... Ready or not for yeah. winning? Go see it in cinemas right now. Yeah, go see it in right now. You have no yeah. excuse to not uh, see it while unless you can. Unless you have like life obligations. Or unless you'd rather watch Game Night because it was good too. It's on Netflix. Boo, you whore. <laughs> oh, fitting. Speaking of, oh. next week's film. <laughs> yeah, good job. Oh my God. That actually, yeah. I might as well just say that. Yeah, of course. Next Great. week's next week's episode. Uh, again, a film. I don't, I'm not sure if Another Rachel McAdams film. Another Rachel McAdams, McAdams film. Uh, this is another appearing with one of these films is if not in cinemas it's came out this year and it's going to be available very soon next week we will be talking about mean girls and good boys wow yeah i mean we announced that a couple weeks ago yeah we said we'd do it a couple weeks ago and we actually didn't yeah we did we we wanted to we we passionately had to talk about about these these films that we love so dearly um with that said it's time to move into (gasps) triplet in the attic Now it's time for Triplet in the Attic, Ooh. where we got to pick a deformed, rejected little third piece of media. Could be a song, a movie, a book, a weapon that we think acts as a thematic Have you triplet. got written down a weapon? No, I just liked it. Yeah. Could I also just flag that I don't now. like that before I went, ooh, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> we do it well, all the time. Well, Eliza didn't do it. And I thought we were both doing oh, a spooky sorry. sound. I tried to do a spooky sound. I'll do oh, a spooky no. sound for the rest of the Ready or not, she was not. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. <laughs> that we think acts as a thematic triplet to the episode <laughs> Twin Picks. Oh. Well, Meg, to make up for it, why don't you kick us off with your triplet in the attic for my triplet, this week? Oh, thanks. My triplet in the attic for this week is... I don't know. I feel like it is it an obvious one. I don't know. It's just a fun little silly time. I just want you guys to go and watch Jumanji because <laughs> I yeah. love that movie. Jumanji. Um, it's just in the same vein as these movies because it's like the board game thing. Duh. And um, <laughs> I just I really like Robin Williams. We didn't really compare the similarities between the films. The games. Did yeah. we stuff up They're this both episode? about games. They're both about games. <laughs> That's the point. And games happen in them. And, and, and the and games go really wrong. Yeah. But uh, same as Jumanji. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, what's the Zathora. 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 Weren't we going to do that as an episode at one point? But don't watch Zathora. Maybe in like Zathora. 200 episodes time. Well, when we're running we'll out of movies. Jumanji and Zathura. When we get, at some point we're going to. Say, have... okay, what specific episode number will we do Jumanji and Zathura? And Two, we four, have to go on that one. Four, Six. Four, 
420? No, we used to do weird 20. movies on 420. What's a weird movie? Jesus. Oh, uh, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express and, and Friday. Yeah, yeah. done. Or like um, no, I'm going to. Cheech and Chong movie or something. Let's say. Or Reefer Madness. Let's do something that's really brave, but like a really. um, What is it? Like a, you're reaching. Like it's a. 333. Why? I don't know. No, I mean, fine. like, I mean, no, optimistic. Like, optimistic. Yeah, that's optimistic. 300 not, episodes. Not ridiculously optimistic. I'm saying 246. I'm saying oh, one. 71. That's like, that could be in two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't do math. Definitely. If you say 71, you might as well say 69. Oh, yeah, no, we have to do a 61 on, for 69. Are you kidding? Uh, You're giving away. 71. I'm going to say 71. 71? Episode uh, 71. I'm going to take mine back. I so, guys, next week is Good Boys and Girls on episode 71. <laughs> 81. Jumanji and Zathura. Anyway, that's my triplet in the attic. It was a, it was a oh, sorry. Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> I completely got off topic. Yeah, you, you sucked my conversation. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Eliza. Oh, yeah. Really similar vein of thinking. I chose the movie Clue, directed by Jonathan Lynn. I rewatched so cool. it. Um, we debated. We debated doing uh, Ready or Not and Clue. No, I reckon we should do Clue and Knives Out. Like both murder. I'm mystery. so excited for Knives yeah. Out. Um, is there a song I, called Knives Out? Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know it. Radiohead. You probably haven't seen it them. for me. They're really into Anthony's it. like <laughs> our, our signage. Anthony's like a very wise. What's that paperclip thing? Yeah, he knew thing? the name but of no. the actress. Yeah, Clippy. That's so <laughs> offensive. You can't call someone Clippy. You called our relatives <laughs> so. <laughs> you just called Anthony Clippy. Yeah, I don't know why I went so hard on the old thing with our relatives. Looking back, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Clue, we love all clue. Our listeners. Let me know my clues. Clue. Yeah, go back like, to Clue. We have to stop clue. not talking about the triplets. Yeah. Okay. It's so good. Okay. It's directed by Jonathan Lean. It was a huge flop upon release because they tried to release it in cinemas with three different endings, which was incredibly complicated and people were really unsatisfied <laughs> at only seeing a half finished like edit of the movie. But now when you watch it on whatever platform you're watching it on, like you get to see own. the whole movie, all three endings. Each of them are amazing. The cast is terrific. Better ensemble cast than either of these movies, I would Who's in deign to say. Um, Tim Curry oh. is the butler. He's amazing in it. He's, it's weird because it's like a similar kind of role to Rocky Horror. Like he's a guy who like ushers people into a creepy mansion and people Curry. die and stuff. I love but, Curry. Yeah. Like the whole cast is amazing. Michael McKean, Eileen mm-hmm. Fisher, Leslie Ann Warren. The- Eileen Fisher, like Broadway. Probably, yeah, I, I think so. It's more the kind of like airplane style of comedy, right? Like it's got very, it's, very yeah. funny one-liners and stuff. There's like, like two jokes a minute that are still successful today, like, you know, 30 years later. Funny. And the MVP of the cast is Madeline Kahn, the late Madeline Kahn. And she has like this amazing monologue that if I ever have to audition for something I really want to do, where they're like, why did you kill this, you know, in one of the endings, she like murdered people. And they're like, why did you do it? She's like, he, she cheated on, she like had sex with my husband. I hated her so much. There were the flames, flames on the side of my face. And like the way she <laughs> says it is like how someone in 2019 would make a joke like that. Like it's so good. It's so, it's so, it's so cool. good. Yeah. It's a great movie. That's dope. Cool. And it's like the board game, like yeah. without being contrived. Like they each have like a noose, a oh, wrench or whatever. So cool. And you're like, I want to play Cluedo. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. I don't get Cluedo. It's I so play fun. So one of my many annoying things I spend money on is, is board games. Yeah. Another reason I was excited I for this week, but Cluedo. I don't get how to play Cluedo. Hey, if anyone's really listening, shoddy Miss Scarlet yeah. for life. So if anyone wants what? to play Cluedo with me, I'm always Miss yeah. Scarlet. Sorry. That's true. Get, you were always Miss Scarlet and I always had to bitch it with like Miss White or something. White or like Peacock. My cousins always play Cluedo. I don't know how to play it. Hannah and Billy and Carly and Louisa and I remember one time 
I was Miss White. And at the end, it revealed the killer was Miss White. And I was like, I didn't do it. Please <laughs> believe me. I'm your son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, classic. No, what's yours? <laughs> My attic for this week, as I said, I was like, well, obviously I have to pick a board game. So I have picked one that, so there are some board games that I love that are like really complex. Some are like real good party games. This one's a lovely bridge between the two. It's called Fog of Love. I um, love this game. Eliza and I play it all the time. It's essentially like, it's a weird like romance simulator thing where you like create a character and you have to like try and keep your relationship together. What are some of the scenarios we've had, Eliza? Oh, What's happened? Um, I mean, there's pretty obvious ones like having, you have a baby, will you adopt a dog? Like who pays for dinner yeah. and stuff. Ooh. But there are some good ones as well where it's like, oh, what are like the really weird ones? It's like if your partner starts singing in public, how do re- you react? <gasps> yeah, there's Which ones is like, where like God, you get strong and you can like swap jobs and you have like secret yeah. trait, like personality traits. Like you're really jealous. So wild. then like your partner makes that like says like, oh, um, can I invite my uh, ex to the wedding? And you're and like, your personality oh. would mean that you're like, no, no, of course not. And then that makes them unhappy. And then the relationship's going to break. And it just, you get, so I've played it with like best mates from school. And then like, by the end of it, I'm like, I'm so angry that you ruined our room. Like we were so in love. We, like we used yeah. to have the best sex life, dude. You know what I mean? It's so good. I think like, it's quite a poignant game. Like it's beautiful. I think the best thing about it is to win you don't have to stay together. Like you can break mm. up and win. It's just about being satisfied. What a great it's about, which is so realistic. Literally, it's about, it's about it's <laughs> about satisfa- like satisfaction. You can have like a clean break in the relationship and both walk away. Is it weird that we play that being like siblings? <laughs> yeah. Oh, very weird. Especially some of the cards are like, uh. yeah, there's cards. <laughs> like I found oh, your porn stash. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, how do you react? Do you reenact it and stuff? I'm like, oh, let's. No. Pick a different card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Noah's recommendation game. is play Fog of Love with someone you're not related to. Yeah. yeah. Anyone. <laughs> someone you're related to. I think to. also don't play it with a partner though. Like oh, that it would be bad scary to play it with a romantic partner. Oh, yeah. And be like, whoa, you think that? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, you'd be like, how did you? How Find did out they're like point? horribly racist. Whoa. <laughs> 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 exactly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Precisely. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> exactly. What's surprising? <laughs> Nothing. Just exactly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Twin Picks. Uh, if you had a good time, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from. We read them and we love them. It's so sweet and it really helps us out. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email at twinpickspodcast at gmail.com with your feedback, suggestions or questions, whatever you reckon. We already have had some amazing uh, ideas for episodes that you will be seeing yeah. in the near future. So hearing. Uh, if you've got what? Uh, They'll be hearing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you'll be seeing a little icon pop up on your That says these are the well. things. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, go on. Carry on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the things they do with the technology these days. Oh, you wow. wouldn't bloody believe it. Oh, wow. um, and, yeah, they're, so they're in the near future. Very exciting. So, yeah, don't be a stranger. Yes. And the film criticism website I run with my friends, roughcutfilm.com, is doing heaps of cool, like, giveaways. I mean, this only applies to people in Melbourne and Sydney, so I'm really sorry, rest of the world. But yeah, roughcutfilm.com has so much great criticism on it 
from other people, not me. And if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, you might get free tickets to stuff. So it's very worthwhile. Very cool. I got a splinter. Oh. Twin fail. Bye, everyone. We're so tired. Wait, do we need to say what we're doing next week? We already did it, remember? Oh, really yes, organically. Good, and now you have ruined I that. Can't it you know? Yeah, okay. Let's just oh, Bye. wrap it on up. See you next week, kids. Bye, guys. I can't believe Eliza said something like racist and no, I was like, exactly. <laughs> just, okay. I have to be honest, I was looking at my notes then. You did so I don't know what you said. What did, what did you say? I, I just like, thought I'd try to breeze past don't it. Don't play Fog of Love with someone you really love, like a romantic partner, because you'll find out something you don't want to know. Like they're horribly wasted. You're like, exactly. <laughs> anyway. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it was just Nothing. Funny. It was just like a funny, funny time. It's just because you were trying to like seamlessly segue into Yeah, yeah. and it didn't work. Ha ha ha, yes. Anyway. Well, this is going to be a great 12 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>